Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, what is up, people? You know that sound. It is the Unfiltered Band. It means, yes, in fact, there's another episode of Unfiltered. Coming your way here and now, officially, this will go down as episode number 150. Joseph Asai and what we learned from his greatest mistake. And we'll talk about some of that and much more with you. As always, uh, thank you to the you being the Unfiltered Band. And all of you who join us here on the Unfiltered Revolution, where if you are not on board and you're listening right now on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere you get your podcast, or listening to the first time, we appreciate it. Welcome to the pod. Go back and listen to all the episodes. You can get them all on the YouTube channel, on the video side of things. If you're not watching those already, like and subscribe and comment all the videos and interviews and conversations and rants and topics and lists and life pods and uh, all sorts of stuff, lions and tigers and bears, oh my. You can do that by getting the uh, YouTube channel, hit up and subscribe, watch the videos. You can get it in my uh, Twitter, at Casey Stern, jump on board and uh, follow and, uh, you know, obviously uh, conversate along through the uh, replies and, and DMs and however you'd like on the S-P-O-R-T-S or, or for life. And there's a lot of both in this pod here that I was really wanting to do ever since the play happened at the end of the AFC championship game. And then even more so when I saw the outpouring of support and when I saw the support given by his teammates, most of them at least, and certainly at the forefront of that, B.J. Hill in that uh, you know now viral video, if you haven't seen it, of, of the interview that was taking place at the time with Osai, very, very emotional, crying after the game. Before we get uh, started here, let's talk about where the game starts. And of course, you know I'm talking about Ben Online. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. It's everything from NFL playoffs to pro, college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You always get the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. Live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Head over to betonline.ag, where the game starts. And we get started here, where the game ended in the AFC Championship between the Chiefs and the Bengals. I'm sure at this point, and most of you probably watched the game, if you didn't watch the game, not a football fan, and you're a baseball fan, let's say, listening to me, or basketball, you don't like football, you might have seen the highlights, and you probably, either way, saw the story. But if you didn't, let's go back and, and revisit it briefly. Back and forth game, Mahomes and Burrow, which was fantastic and epic and gave you all the Brady-Manning feels and, you know, uh, young Aikman kind of feels or Favre or, you know, however you want to throw in that back from those days when those teams used to battle. And and it was, it was, it was all that. You just know these two teams are going to be battling each other for years. And it was likely to come down to the last possession. Chiefs are driving, trying to get a field goal. Patrick Mahomes, who hadn't been able to extend with his legs because of the injury for most of the game, able to do so on the biggest play imaginable. As he's going out of bounds, he is hit and knocked out. Clearly, it was a late hit. It was a call. Was it an obvious call? Was it a call you make late in the game? It was the right call. And I've said this forever. I go back to the national championship, which I was covering at the time when there was a foul in the corner that ended the championship. I think it was the year Virginia won, if I remember correctly. It doesn't matter, you know, 
when it is in the game, if it's an egregious call, if it's the right call, it should be made. Now, are there times as fans we want the whistle put away? Sure. I think in hockey games you deal with a lot of that late. You know, don't give me any kind of, you know, ticky-tacky, you know, um, you know, holding call or cross-check unless it's legitimate because you don't want the game to end that way. Even in that case, you're dealing with a power play. You know, I hate the pass, uh, you know, the um, roughing the passer calls that we see in the worst spots. We almost saw one cost the Giants with Dexter Lawrence, Sexy Dexy getting one in the game against the, the Vikings, which they actually won on the last drive from Kirk Cousins. But here in this case, it was the right call. It was a major mistake. Now, were the Chiefs going to win the game anyway? They might have. Even if they didn't win it on that drive, they could have won it in overtime. They could have won it on a field goal that would have been 55 yards instead of the one that ended up being 40 or 45, whatever it was, after the penalty. But it was it was a bad play. Now, giving you some context, if you're not a fan, don't know who Joseph Asai is, he had a terrific game. He's had a great season, but he had a great game and was very, very visible. Very visible in this game for Cincy, defensively. And this was a play that if, you ask me one of the things we never discuss, and I don't want to get too much into the actual play because that's not what this, this podcast is about today. But if you go to the actual play, and I've talked to people that are you know athletes and you know, even you know been around listening to you know former NFL players discussing things like this, and you think about, and I've always said it with the the you know lowering your head, and where sometimes let's say a wide receiver is running and. You know, a, a linebacker comes across or a DB and is, you know, coming full speed, right? Some of these guys weighing, you know, anywhere from, you know, 200 to 270 pounds. I mean, you, depending on who it is, right? And they're sitting there and they're running across the field at full speed. And all of a sudden, the other guy lowers his head and their trajectory was one way and they don't see it or in a split second at that speed, they can't stop themselves. And all of a sudden, then you get, you know, a hit that's not in the right area or whatever the case may be. And sometimes that happens. And I think that, you know, even though a rule is a rule, it's unfortunate that we we believe that these guys can just stop time. I don't think any of us, including me, or anybody even covering it, realizes the speed in which the game is played, other than the players who are playing it. So at that moment, with all that adrenaline, trying to make sure Mahomes is out of bounds and running at full speed across the field, is that a play that's probably difficult to slow down and much, much... Uh, you, you know, more complex than the simplistic way we look at it, which is, dude, you can't touch the guy. It probably is. But, dude, you can't you can't do that. You just can't. You can't. Have the feet out of bounds. As soon as that happens with the quarterback, that's out of play. You can't do it. All right? So it was a legit late hit. It ends up leading to the win. Now, is this to the egregious nature of some of the other things? I was there. I was there. When J.R. Smith, you know, uh, you know just – Completely had the brain fart of brain farts in one of the greatest games LeBron's ever played, which he ended up losing in overtime, right? And I remember saying at the time, and I did the post game for that. I remember for turn. I remember talking about the fact that to me it actually kind of drove me nuts that LeBron was all over him the way that he was because as stupid as it was, they still had five minutes to play in an overtime where they're trying to win a game and had a good chance to win a game. But, you know, I don't I don't consider this to be that. Do I think, and this is, and he's a friend that I worked with him, and he's a terrific dude. Do I think that C-Webb, that, you know, Chris Webber's timeout, is this comparable? No, it's not. You know, we've seen other faux pas, if you will, right? You want to give me Bill Buckner or wherever you want to go. This was a mistake. They might have lost the game anyway, but it will be the thing that Bengals fans will hold on to and remember that sealed the deal. It iced the cake. 
Nobody in that moment. And, you know, look, I get TV. I've worked in TV for years. I get it. Even though I'm not doing it now, I get it. Done for many years. I understand how those things work behind the scenes. They're telling a story. But it was, you go back, if you didn't see it, you got it on tape. So it was gut-wrenching to watch this dude who wouldn't take his helmet off, you knew was crying his eyes out, just beating the crap out of himself on the sideline. The rest of the team was gone. The field was clearing for, you know, all the, the shenanigans post-game for the Chiefs to celebrate. And he's the only Bengals still there all emotional. And it was gut-wrenching. And I was glad because I know I tweeted at the time, but I wasn't the only one. A lot of people were, were tweeting about the fact that, look, it's a mistake, right? It's a mistake. But you got absolutely gutted for that spot. Nobody, when you make a mistake like that, and I can't look, I can't imagine from a sports side when you've got your teammates who are behind you and, you know, millions of fans, you know, I, we can only be covering it, right? And I have for two decades, try and understand what that must be like to whatever extent we can understand it. I think it's one of those things where you could say, I can imagine that that must be this way for you. And I'm as I'm an empath. So I feel more than I want to feel, I promise you. But you still, you can't, if you've never been there, it's like, you know, I've got three kids, but I, you know, I, I, I didn't get in labor. Right. So it's like, you know, you know, I fell asleep on the uncomfortable chair. Like it's a different spot. So it's, you, you couldn't have as much empathy as, as you can without really understanding it. Now we all have different things in our life privately and professionally that are in the mistake category. I mean, for me on the easy side, because it really is easy comparatively, you know, professionally when I dropped an F-bomb, and I've talked about this before, but when I dropped an F-bomb on national television and then had to, you know, have here in my ear, we're coming back in one minute and you're going to apologize to millions of people. And, you know, I'm sitting there and literally my whole career is flashing, you know, in front of my eyes. And I didn't talk to anybody at all. Um, the rest of that game, post game, and I remember being in the elevator afterwards, and the guy saw exactly. I told the story before, but he saw exactly, you know, how beaten up I was, and <clears throat> from Dusty and and Pete, and Pedro, and and Chef, those guys were, they were, uh, you know, arm around me and and lifting me up and telling me their own stories. Um, you know, I don't know if I've said this on there before. I don't think it's a secret, but Chuck called me, which was like one of the coolest things. I you know, lifting my spirit. It, it was. It was it was a hard time for me, and I, I've said this before. I wandered Manhattan. This is true with my my phone off for hours um, till almost sunrise, and didn't want to read Twitter, and uh, was wasn't receiving or answering texts from family or my agent or anybody. I mean, it was hard for me. But yeah, that's the only thing from a professional standpoint I could even you know sort of understand because you feel like you're letting your teammates down, and because it's out there in front of the whole world, and it, you're embarrassed, right? And you but for him. You know, I think all of us could speak to this, right? When you make any kind of mistake, if you really have accountability, and I, you know, I've learned in life, some of us do, some don't. But if you really have accountability, and you know, I, I feel like you know, empaths have like a bad level of accountability because we don't stop feeling the guilt. But if you have a, a level of accountability of any kind, nobody is going to beat you up or punish you more than you are. It's why, you know, we always hear about, like, you've got to motivate players. Well, that coach doesn't motivate that guy. Like, anybody who is worth anything and successful, they're motivating themselves. They're challenging themselves. They have goals they have to set. 
they're not just going to those goals because you told them to. They're not just going to practice. They're going to go work out or go get invested when you're not supposed to be invested in your time off or in an off season because you ask them to. They're doing it anyway. They're asking you to ask them to do more. They're begging you to beg them to do more because that's what successful people do. That's the difference. I mean, they're, they're after it. They're always thinking about more. They don't need to be pushed to do more, right? You just, you can't be successful that way. So nobody needs to tell Osai in this spot how big of a mistake he made. But no one is feeling that pain. No Bengal fan, nobody who bet on the game, no matter what money. No Joe Burrow, no Taylor, the coach, nobody feeling what that guy's feeling. No one. And to see what happened afterwards is why I wanted to do this podcast. Why I was excited to talk about this because it made me feel good. And it should have made you feel good if you watched it. The support from his teammates, the support from players around the league. Now, look, he made the mistake. Deserves to be, you know, you scolded in that way as a player and learn your lesson, right? But anybody who saw this guy in that locker room after that game knows he was learning his lesson with punishing himself. But that spot, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It, it is it is so it makes you feel so good in terms of the support given where B.J. Hill, his teammate, is sitting there and basically, you know, constructing the interview and moderating the media, discussing it and saying, dude, I got your back. I'm not leaving you alone on this island. Yeah, in the back of the mind or front of the mind, we know you screwed up. We know you made a mistake, but we know who you are. We know you played this game and played your ass off. We know you were huge for us all damn season, and we ain't going to leave you there on an island by yourself. We're not going to just leave you there. We're not going to do that to you. That message, I mean, literally, I get the chill, seriously. Like, if you're watching a video, you can see. I, like... That is so powerful. It is so, so powerful. The way to, to, to rebound from a mistake, no matter what the size, no matter what it is, is to learn from it, not compound it by having no accountability, but to be accountable. But there is only so much that all of us, if we're dealing in a team environment, can do for ourselves and by ourselves. And that team environment could be your office. That team environment could be your family. That team environment could be a team. If you're an athlete that's watching or listening, and I know some do, whether at whatever level, amateur, professional, high school, I don't care. Kickball in, in, in third grade, I don't care what it is. You can be accountable for your job and your position and what you're supposed to do for the team. But there ain't nobody perfect. Yeah, you know, I, I always um, you know listen to that. It's a song that resonates for for me big time. That uh, was it, Five for Fighting, which is a great uh, name after a hockey term. Um, that band with that song, Superman, right? Everybody's supposed to have a cape when they're an athlete. Everybody's supposed to have a cape when whatever walk they're a boss in an office, a mother or a father. A, a, a member of a relationship at time. It doesn't matter what it is. We've all been there, right? There's always that time where it's like, okay, it's on me. It's on my shoulders. And when you're out there on national television doing what they're doing, that's, that's you, right? In that play, that's Joseph Asai. 
But it's not easy because those guys can't make mistakes. They could write the end of a Marvel movie and, and, and you know, have Thanos snap some fingers again and everybody come back and fix it. You can't do that when you're Joseph Asai. You can't do that when you make a mistake like Bill Buckner, when you miss the kick like Scott Norwood, when you're thinking like Brett Maher after missing those extra points. When you've been me or you, and all of us in our own ways, whether you're accountable for this or not, who have made mistakes in your life. And I certainly have. I've made bad choices in people. I've made bad choices in reacting to people. I've made bad choices in general. We all have. But all of us, all of us should be understanding and grateful for and applauding what happened with Joseph Asai in this spot. And I get Bengal fans are going to be like listening to this being like, what is this shit part of my French? And, you know, hey, look, the guy screwed up my, you know, my, my, uh, my, my parlay or my tease if they bet on him. Like, I get all that stuff's going to be there. I get it, right? But let me tell you something. Let me give you some real because I give it to you real, all right? And people don't like it. They can, you know, take a number seriously in my life, right? I know what it's like, and many of you, I'm sure, do. I know what it's like to be in a spot where everything is on you, where every single bit of pressure in your life that a human being could feel is on you. And you have gotten every tackle, every catch, every pass, every run, and done every damn thing the right way in that game. And then at the end of the game, you make one mistake. And everyone on your team bails. I know what that's like. And question you in a moment. And question you and forget the rest of the game or the back of your baseball card. I know that life. I know that. And how unfair and alone that feels. To have no support. Zero. I know how that feels. To turn around and see your mother the only one. And she got no choice who's sitting there even remembering who the hell you are and everybody else the rest of the game, damn forgot. They forgot the 49 minutes out of 50, the 99 out of 100, the times you saved the team's ass every damn day of your year. Every damn score, every half, every quarter, every damn play. And then you turn around the end of that game. And that last play, you hit Mahomes, and they all gone. They're gone. Because it's not popular to not run with the crowd at chow time, as they say in A Few Good Men. Not popular to ride in the bus when the limo break down. But to Joseph Asai, though I don't never hear this, but God bless if he did. And to people who have in sports or athletes who I know will, who have made mistakes in big games. To people in life who are watching and listening, who have made mistakes in big games. Find your B.J. Hill. Find your teammates. And remember to learn from your mistakes and to get better and punish yourself and beat yourself up because that's going to happen and that's how you learn. But I, God bless you, hope you all have somewhere to lean. And God bless the fact that, that, that Joseph Asai did in this spot. And to B.J. Hill and the Bengals teammates, kudos to you. Because it's not easy. Because those are your dreams and those are your hopes that just went out the window in that game, at least for now. This is looking at a bright future because of that play. Kudos to you. 
That's what we learn. That in a world where everything is derisive and a bunch of bullshit, where everybody's fake and yelling at each other and constantly on each other about who they are, who they root for, what political party, what religion. I mean, I've been called anti-Semitic things. I've been, it, I, it, this is like living in some like alternate universe here recently in this time period of our lives. And it's COVID and it's unemployment and it's angry people and it's Instagram and jealousy and all the things that have come in this landscape we live in. And everybody's seeing it. Everybody's seeing it. I had somebody tell me they unfollow me because I'm positive. Like, I, I, this is what happens to people. Do you understand? I just want to hear you talk sports. I don't want to hear about it, you know, how uh, you, know, you want to stay positive in life. Truth. You know what? Go fly a kite then. Shove it. I don't really care. Neither should you. Because what we should be champion is after the mistake that Asai made, the way that everybody acted, the way that we understand what's a game and what's not, the way that we understand that this is just a kid who made a big mistake on a big stage. I remember talking to Colton Wong, who was very emotional crying. And the next day interviewing him on the field, and he was still emotional after, for those of you who follow baseball, the base running mistake he made as a rookie and a kid sitting there, I think it was in the World Series, as a member of the Cardinals. And look at the career and the guy and everything that he is since. And look what he was then standing up for himself and, and being accounted for, for the mistake that he made. If you're accountable and you make a mistake and you're back at the baseball card and you're doing the right things, and you don't got a BJ Hill, you need to find another Hill. Because that is what it's about. It's about supporting each other when we're down, not pushing each other down. And there is a big, big difference. Blowing out someone else's candle doesn't light your own. Getting on someone when they make a mistake like a sigh ain't going to help you. Tweeting somebody something negative or something prejudicial or whatever because you got to had a shitty day ain't going to help you. Ruining someone else's life because deep down you can't admit that you don't like your own ain't going to help you. Whatever the case is, turn that thing around. Care about not the assigned mistake, but what happens afterwards. And don't make the mistake of forgetting that. As always, we here at Unfiltered, presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.